All right, now I'm ready. Okay, now he's ready. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He's so ready that he ran away. And he left. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and a trip across the globe for a soccer update from all over the world. My name is Alex Herman, and I'm joined, as always, by Brady Olson and Dave Kolichkowski. Boys, how are we doing? I'm doing okay. I'm ecstatic, guys. It's going to be a fun episode. Hell yes, so much really intense, long soccer games happened this past weekend. Yes, true. Got a lot to get to. Very excited for this episode. But first, thank you to Ian, working behind the glass, editing, clipping, chopping, compressing our podcast, turning it into the beautiful audio product that it is. And thank you to Jen who's helping us run our social media accounts, keeping them updated and interesting for all those followers out there. Thank you, Ian and Jen. We could not do this without you. Today is first Monday of August, August 2nd. Goodbye to July. I hope that we finally get the like perfect balance of summer weather that I've kind of been waiting for in August. I feel like June was cold yes. and July was blistering hot for most of it. And yesterday and Saturday were beautiful. They were absolutely perfect. Sunny, not too hot. If there was, if you were in the sun uh, with a little bit of a breeze, it was perfect. But if you went into the shade, it was a little chilly. That's exactly what I'm looking for. It's absolutely perfect. And today I got to drive Brady's car to drop my golf clubs off to be shipped up to Minnesota, where I will be going in two weeks. And I would like to present uh, my review for the 2014-ish Chevy Sonic. 2013 Chevy Sonic, Raquel the Rocket, also a screwdriver because it is a Sonic. Are you Doctor Who Yes, Great city cars, great city car. I would like to point out, it was a pure, I didn't even look at the manual, a pure guess at 2014. So Mm -hmm. the fact that it's 2013, Mm -hmm. point to me already. Good. What you bid over, so you would have lost the prices, right? So it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) My review has three sections, interior and comfort, speed and agility, and durability. Let's dive in, shall we? So you smashed my car, definitely, (laughs) is what you're telling me. This is where he presents the bill for the, uh, the body work to you. <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> New All segment. of that is irrelevant to the review. We do not need to discuss that. Uh, first up, interior and comfort. The interior of the Chevy Sonic is simple yet elegant. Soft touches to the seats and dashboard remind one of a quiet night in Tuscany or the industrial plants of Indiana. Although it is as dark, as Brady's soul, 
It provides a comfortable place to sink in and let yourself reflect on the deep depressions of life and the inevitable collapse of both our country and the greater global economy. The seats in the Sonic are a dream come to life. So comfy, in fact, that I did doze off multiple times while actually driving the vehicle. The kind of comfort that you just can't put a price on is what you get with the Chevy Sonic. Next up, speed and agility. Now, the brakes on the Sonic, very important. Strong enough to stop a freight train. I was actually very impressed with those brakes. Crisp, precise, they provided the needed stopping power, but had the forgiveness for drifting around corners at high speed. Great. No, Love so that. excited about this review. The tires, however, were not that high a quality. Uh, they did expire relatively quick into the drifting experiments. Oh, uh, so not, not too great on that. Uh, the acceleration and agility of the Sonic, though, is something to be admired. I didn't think that you could get up to like 80, 90 miles an hour in the city streets of Chicago, but the Sonic provides the power to get up to that speed and the maneuverability to swerve through the traffic to maintain that high level of speed, especially when you're evading the police. This is terrifying. (laughs) Last is the durability. Now, unfortunately, the first pedestrian I hit did crack the windshield. So (laughs) Chevy... Please increase glass strength for your windshields. They need to be able to withstand pedestrian head collisions. However, I will say the second pedestrian that I hit barely left a dent in the windshield and a very minimal amount of blood was on the car uh, after that collision. I can't really blame that on the Sonic though. And I can't really give credit to the Sonic for that either, but it was a quick, clean roll off. Anyone else hating this review? (laughs) In conclusion, the Sonic is a powerful, majestic beast that deserves the respect of the auto world. It may not appear to be big at first sight, but like a blowfish, when threatened, it will inflate and rise to the occasion. (laughs) The hour I spent with the Chevy Sonic will be burned into my head as brightly as the car itself did as I abandoned it on the corner of Damon and Montrose. May you rest in peace. (laughs) May you rest in peace, Sonic, you sweet, sweet beast. (sighs) Okay. Let's talk off pod. (laughs) That was good. All right. Quick loons check in. The boys up north. The birds up north. Ooh. This is going to be really quick because we got a lot of soccer to go to. Mm-hmm. Loons played the LAFC and Vancouver. Both games came away with a 2-2 tie. Better than two losses. LAFC is a good team. So, moving on. Chicago Red Stars. Played the Washington Spirit last night, August 1st, 5 p.m., Part one of the dual screen showing because the fire played at the same time. Chicago Red Stars came away with the W. How did it taste? Mm -hmm. Delicious. Did. Mm -hmm. Three to one over the spirit. First half, things started off kind of in the favor of Washington, uh, closer to the beginning of that game. Pretty quick into the seven-minute mark, uh, they do have a corner kick opportunity where Washington gets three stabs at it in the box to put it in. Ball ends up rolling wide. Probably was the most nervous I was during this game was just this moment. Just 
set pieces, ball bouncing around. Uh, at 8.05, I wanted to point out that the move deserved a goal for the Red Stars. There was a pass from the center out wide, a through ball to a uh, cutting Mal Pugh. Um, so that was just wonderful to see. Go back and look at that buildup. Also, wanted to point out Sarah Gordon is just running around and eliminating things. Just awesome defensively, so fast, and I am very excited for her to be paired up with Tierna Davidson when Tierna gets back from Olympic duty. It just their skill sets mesh so nicely. So Washington has some opportunities early on. Red Stars actually come away with the first goal of the game. 20th minute, Mallory Pugh puts it in to get the Red Stars started. This was a beauty. Yeah, this was a beauty. It was. Bad giveaway by the Washington back line. Pugh just goes right at him, shoots between Staub's legs, and it rolls perfectly. Chef's kiss into the far post. Doink and in. <laughs> and then one of my favorite parts of the goal was, in fact, the Selly, where she does a, yeah. a nice home run. Someone got behind her was the catcher. Someone threw the pitch, and she hit the home run out of the park. It was beautiful. Yeah, I feel like it was an homage to uh, Javi, uh, Brian, and Rizzo there. She's feeling baseball. They're just li- all leaving us, <laughs> you know, like it's just really funny. But yeah, she's I mean, the best wow, home run just, hitter a, left. Yeah, yes. She's the only home oh. run hitter left right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a freaking sweet goal. Like the placement on that was insane. It it was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Like she is a stud and um, I'm super, super excited about the Red Stars right now. Absolutely. Playing very well at a high level right now. And only 20 minutes later, 39th minute, we get our second goal for the Red Stars. Rachel Hill puts what in. Red Stars are up 2-0. Beauty of a corner kick by Cola Prico. To the far post, one by Kayla Sharples. Uh, it was a good uh, one header here, very strong. And then Hill was just crashing on goal and bundles it in. They all count the same, so I'm happy with it. <laughs> so coming out in the second half, you may think, you know, Washington down to not a great start. Uh, might come out uh, fiery a little bit, trying to get back into it. And indeed they were applying pressure early in the second half against the Red Stars. Right. And in the end, the possession will go in Washington's favor, 60-40. But I, it never seemed like the Red Stars were out of control in this game. If we move to the 69th minute, Tatum Malazzo had two point blankers for the Red Stars, uh, just from a couple set pieces created, um, just a bunch of opportunities. I did like there was a moment where Mal Pugh, just running you know, the show, she's so good. She got rocked right outside the Washington 18. Mm-hmm. And the supporters section chant was leave Mallory alone, <laughs> leave Mallory alone. Leave her alone. <laughs> that was really entertaining. <laughs> and that pressure would eventually pay off for the spirit as Trinity Rodman uh, scores for the spirit in the 71st minute, makes it two to one uh, close, closer game. now. Pump up the jam, pump it up. <laughs> Dennis Rodman. She's got the name. But she's also yes. got the class. No, she's she's so good. very good. Yeah, she's very good. This is a bad turnover in the midfield for the Red Stars. And the goalkeeper, Cassie Miller, probably should come out to this one. Come on, Cassie. Uh, and just a little bit slow. Yeah, decides a little bit late. And then Rodman just rounds her easily because she decided so late. And then the Red Stars center backs were there to recover, but they're panicking. They're just trying to get to the ball. And Trinity is super composed. And it was a pretty nice finish. However, fear 
not Red Star fans. Morgan Brian Gautreau brings back the lead to two with a penalty kick in the 80th minute, puts it in. That would do it for this game. This one is kind of funny. Penalty is a little soft, to say the least. Mm. There was a handball called, and I'm not sure the ball ever touches anyone's <laughs> hand. Either team, I don't know. It's anyway, like there was a ghost. doesn't mind. <laughs> Gotro doesn't mind. Upper left corner just smashed it. Didn't worry about it. 3-1. The Red Stars kept going at it. In the 86th minute, Voldmo tried one. Uh, Pew actually had a, an attack here and missed three Red Stars that were running on goal. But the pass was just fine because Woldwell was coming up late. She was playing the sixth this game and she comes up late, hits it high and hard and it dips down below the bar just the last second. And the goalkeeper had to make a nice save here. And then the last thing I wanted to point out was in the 92nd minute, we had some negatives to say about Cassie Miller. No negatives here. She was awesome. What a save cross from the left side from Ashley Sanchez of the spirit who's a baller, by the way, and is definitely a player to watch anytime you're watching the spirit. She's one of their key players. This one was a cross to the near post, touch on goal immediately, and Cassie Miller's right there. Quick reflexes, great save. Just uh, wanted to shout her out as well for the good she did in this game as well. Absolutely. The Red Stars are playing well, missing their best player, missing one of the best mm-hmm. players in the league. Right. Looking good. Oof. Gotta love We're it. Climb that table. Climb it. Yes. And I'm hoping that uh, the loss, which we will discuss later on for the U.S. Women's National Team, uh, Julie Ertz doesn't need a fire lit under her. She plays like that all the time. But I'm hoping she comes yeah. back and says, boy, I am hungry for a lot of W's to try and fill that hole from the Olympics. So let's get out there. Let's kick some butt. Let's get it. Let's get it. Red Stars. Upcoming game for them. August 8th, Orlando Pride, 5 p.m. Central Time. Let's go. Let's continue this winning streak. Moving over to the fire, the big brutes of the Chicago pitch. The part two of our dual screening of Chicago soccer. They played the Philadelphia Union last night. Did not come away with the victory. They didn't lose the game, however. Ended up 1-1. We can discuss in more detail afterwards, but overall, this wasn't a very pretty game to watch for the fire. No, no. Just... Not uh, at all. Yeah, not not gorgeous. Uh, But Brad, I know you want to talk about... starts with an O and ends with a big. I know that you want to talk about Calvo because you love him so much. So why don't you just go ahead and do that and we can move on from it. Interesting. I don't like how you framed that. But anyway, (laughs) I just noticed within six minutes, Calvo. That's awesome. So anyway, in the 10th minute. (laughs) Within the first six minutes, Calvo (laughs) stepped up twice from his back three position. Is his first time playing in the back three with the fire. One time he created an opportunity. The second time. The Philly just ran right at us and it created an opportunity for Philly. I just wanted to say, uh, honestly, we've been talking about this for weeks. Uh, uh, the effect of Calvo and then the fact that Bornstein's been in. If Calvo can make it work in the system that's currently going, it will be a much better fit. We've been yes. giving Calvo a lot of crap, but the system, if I think this was him like figuring things out ideal. and trying to fit, make the fit, like it will be much more ideal. He's younger, he's sharper. Uh, and the team respects him because he's been the captain for over a year. 
So he will be the guy and we have to, we have to pray that he figures out the system and agrees to it because I think that is actually the key to the fire being successful at this point and for the remainder of the year. Certainly. I will say this, the defense can't get much worse than it's been. No, they can't. So not wrong. Change we need it up. to sign somebody or change it up and make it work. So. I agree. However, let's focus on the positive here. Frankie, mm-hmm. Frankowski, our boy. He's really Dave's boy, but I love him too, especially when it's he came boy. back from the Euros playing the way he is. He's, he's just fun to watch now. Has a nice header goal in the 10th minute, putting the fire up early. A great pass from Sekulich as well. Perfect example of someone standing it up. When you stand the ball up, it means it's just kind of hanging there on the far post, just ready mm-hmm. to be attacked. Yeah, he does. My boy nails it right here, and I'm I'm feeling electric. And actually, the pundits were very like happy about it too, and they're like, "This is a spillover from the Euros," as you had pointed out earlier. So I yeah, like how you always is. have uh, your finger on the pulse of the pundits, Dave. That's that is a I don't know. I listen to it because it's interesting. Like that's what the fan base yeah. is bed and we could call it out here in this medium and and be like that's a bunch of crap or yeah not like i think it's important because especially now that they have a partnership with wgn like it's important that mm-hmm. fire fans know like yeah mm-hmm. they might have said this but that's a bunch of crap or 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 you could start to tell maybe what the front office is trying to tell them to say and if if that kind of becomes gray mm-hmm. it becomes great but i don't think it has at this point i think it's been very honest like they're they show criticism where there needs to be criticism. Um, and I think having Arlo White there is unbelievable. Yes. So, yeah. so classes it up yeah. quite so a bit. So pundits, if you're listening and things seem to be gray, they seem a little foggy, listen to Dave. He will lead you to the light. I'm not saying that he's Moses, but he's pretty close. I'll part the Michigan Sea. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. In the 34th minute, a red card is shown on the field. Easily one of the biggest moments of the game. It's given to Almsberg after review. There's a three-way collision that happens. Uh, and I, I think really this penalty comes back to when we spoke about preventing a clear opportunity for a goal and what Almsberg did to prevent the union from getting that opportunity here. You are correct. However, when I saw this get called, I just yelled, wow, really? I just thought a little bit soft. I mean, he's falling down. I think he does actually catch him and trip him. I don't know, man. Yeah, if you want my reaction, follow me on Twitter at WCW Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Good, Good shout. Nice. And because of that red card, that foul... Philadelphia gets an opportunity for a set piece opportunity here. They execute on that. 37th minute, Wagner goes under the wall to tie the game up one-to-one. Under is kind. This is more through it. Pretty porous (laughs) wall here. I'm not happy about it. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was worse, that they jumped over the ball or that Herbers was the guy on the ground <laughs> and he decided to lay down lower to get out of the way. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure. Yeah, right <laughs> it was, it was kind of a moment where it was like, they all were like, Oh, Oh, we were supposed to stop that. 
from going through us. Ooh. Oh, oh yeah. Herbers, no. that was supposed to be your face on the ball because you haven't done anything all season. <laughs> yeah, you missed it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Unfortunate. However, the fire do react pretty well going a man down. This game could go out of hand pretty quickly as well. The way the season has gone, I was impressed with the reaction. The fire did not just lose their heads. They kept going here. Yes. I am going to talk about a Philly shot here, though, because I was talking about good things about the fire. But here come Philly. Two minutes of extra time, and Gazdak has a shot, and it really should have been a goal. It was a nice, nice move down the left to get free, and he has so much time to tag it with his left foot, but instead tries to shift it to his right, which was kind of mistake one. Just hit it with your left foot. But two, if you have the time to shift it to your right, at least curl it on frame. I assume his right foot is his stronger foot. That's why he did that but just skied it instead of curling the shot. I was concerned that he had enough time to think about it, go to his right foot and shoot still. The fire are a little lucky to still be tied. Yes. So this second half was kind of puzzling to me in terms of I couldn't really tell which team had the upper hand for most of it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's because neither of them really did and they were both uh, defending what the other team was trying to do or if they were just off this day. But I um, I didn't really get a feel for which team uh, played better in that second half. 1-1 one, one ended up being uh, the score of this game, so neither team scored. It just didn't seem to me like anyone really took advantage of anything in that second half. Right, and I'm going to give a shout-out to Jimenez, who I think was a huge contributor mm. to that. Because we kept our five back even after losing Olmsberg, Jimenez dropped back there and the Madron played his typical what he's been doing in the six for us, basically. But Jimenez was doing a really good job of playing the libero that I've been talking about with the Catenaccio. He would step into midfield when we had comfortable possession and then go back to center defense when we didn't have the ball. So he was playing two positions and he looked like two different people. He looked like he was filling those two spots better than how Philly were reacting to having an extra man, which I thought was very impressive. And again, the fire did not quit. Great fight. Really happy with that. And then in this, like right at 60, even we had a bout of possession where the fire had 20 plus or so passes just dinking around Philly who were not just giving us the ball. They just couldn't get a touch. Very impressive and probably better than, some of the passing we've seen all season, which is kind of gross. Uh, I noticed that in the 74th minute, Madron had a chance to release Ali Seda, and we might have been able to steal a goal here and steal three points. However, Madron overcooks the pass, and he's better than that. He can't do that. We need him to be just about perfect at this moment. Still, the Fire do a good job of keeping the ball. The One of the best opportunities I saw Philly create uh, was a good save by Shuttleworth. El Brujo Martinez with a cracker of a shot from outside the box, but a good save, very nice, saveable height. In the 87th minute, Madron gets mugged twice. However, no one seems to care, including the ref, especially the ref. To be fair, if they weren't fouls, they must have been perfect challenges, like just barely get the touch on the ball and then get a bunch of the man. <laughs> yeah. And then... How many minutes of stoppage time, everybody? Eight minutes. Eight. Eight uh, minutes. Yeah. Yeesh. 
If you want to hear my reaction about that, also follow me on Twitter, WCW. <laughs> yeah. And the 93rd minute, what a save from our boy Shuttleworth with his face. <laughs> yes, it was it was beautiful face save. Yes. It was fantastic. Face Cross save. on the ground from the right side, MVP. right to Bedoya in the six. MVP. Point blanker, Shuttleworth. MVP. Right place, right time. I guess if you don't really care about your face, but if you're making the yeah, save, yeah. right place, right time. What a warrior. Bullies aren't paid to be pretty. No, no. No, no. <laughs> or they get paid to get plastic surgery and then, or that, pretty again. You know, it's whatever. just going to get it's fine. It's yeah. just going to get pelted <laughs> with a soccer ball again, though. So you might as well just skip that step. Just he be already gave up his hand modeling career years ago when he became a keeper. <laughs> so, yeah. It's not all doom and gloom for the fire. 1-1 one, one here, even before the game, away yeah. from home, you'd take that. And then yep. going a man down early, you take the 1-1 one, one draw here. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, yeah, you can't. With the situation, you can't be upset with it. Uh, no, but it felt like we should have had more. <laughs> yeah, when, when that red card got shown, I mm-hmm. immediately went... Uh, and especially when they scored two off the set piece opportunity mm-hmm. right after that, it was like, I thought we were going to get clobbered again. So I, I'm actually pretty okay with a draw here. Um, even though I think the union is a team that we should be able to compete with, but yeah, man down, uh, draws decent result. Last week we chose Qatar versus the United States in the Gold Cup is our game of the week. And you may have been wondering why Qatar is included in the Gold Cup. They're not in CONCACAF. Yeah, exactly. I know I was confused when I first saw that. But Dave is here to save the day and inform us noobs on why Qatar is included in that Gold Cup. Yeah. So that was the initial question. Like, why is Qatar in the Gold Cup? But then I wanted to expand on that. Why were they invited to European qualifiers? Why were they invited to Copa America? Like, there's got to be tons of questions around it because it doesn't make sense. They're not uh, part of the region at all for any of those tournaments. As host of the 2022 World Cup and winners of the AFC Asian Cup, Qatar has found themselves in a prime spot to partner with many federations in soccer. Even before Qatar made their bid for the World Cup, they have been heavily investing in soccer specifically. They really want their program to improve, and they have a relationship with Stats Perform, where we provide all of their, we're the official provider for the Qatar Stars League, the Qatar Federation, all of their qualifiers, stuff like that. They have a vested interest and an invested interest in improving their soccer culture in their country. It all revolves around the 2022 World Cup bid. Uh, Qatar Airways also is a major sponsor of the Gold Cup after this. So it was a huge like partnership. And there's many other ones that are going on right now. So it, it just completely makes sense for them. And it's basically a huge marketing campaign. And they are killing it. They are very business savvy. And oh, they're doing. it's no yeah. surprise like that they're doing it this well. And they're this successful. And that they've been invited to be a team in all these federations, uh, warm-up matches, and cups. So we're going to start off with UEFA. So UEFA did something super unusual, and they invited Qatar to play in Group A of the European qualifiers for the World Cup. 
since Qatar already qualified, none of their matches counted towards the final standings of the qualification, but it was a huge tune-up for the Qatar team. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got to pay, play some of Europe's best. Um, they haven't, because the qualifications are still going on right now, they have not played Serbia or Portugal, but those are going to be coming up this September. They had a 1-1 draw against Republic of Ireland. The other two groups in the team, um, I, I'm struggling to remember who they are, but they actually beat both of them, which was super cool for them. So, like, it's very that's impressive. very exciting. And um, as a host, yeah, as a host country, you got to be pretty pumped. Uh, I'm going to scooch on over to Copa America 2021. Uh, same reasons as UEFA. They were invited there to participate there um, and just kind of be there on the global stage and for advertising reasons. Um, they actually were invited to the 2019 tournament and they placed it in fourth. Um, they only got one point and they were in a group with Colombia, Argentina, and Paraguay. And that's a pretty fierce group. So it makes sense that they didn't do so well. And that was kind of at the beginning of the project that is the 2022 world Definitely. cup. So I wouldn't expect them to do super hot, but this was a stepping stone. They were playing some of the best soccer players in the world. And now you're going to, and we're going to move over into what they are now when we talk about the gold cup and the game against the U S they were also invited to the 2021 tournament along with Australia, but both teams decided to pull out of the tournament. Um, there was delays in both Copa America, uh, due to COVID and then, uh, the Asian football confederations world cup qualifiers as well for Australia, which is important for them. And then Qatar, even though they have already qualified, they are still playing matches in those groups somehow, I think just kind of on friendly status. So they decided to play them out in Asia instead. And then we're going to transition to the question that was originally posed by Herman. Why are they in the gold cup? And obviously playing with the theme that we've already talked about, you know, they've been invited because of partnerships and because Qatar knows how to network and do business. Uh, and what's kind of funny is that not only were they invited to participate in this one in 2021, but they were also extended invitation in 2023 because of the partnership. And basically it was like, we'll have you do the gold cup before the one, the world cup in your nation. And then you're invited to ours as well, prior to the one that we host along with Mexico and Canada in 2026. So it, it, what's amazing is uh, Qatar has developed really well. Uh, they won Group D with seven points uh, and beat Honduras, who had six. And then they won their first knockout stage game against El Salvador um, to get to the, the game of the week that we're about to talk about against the U.S. So it was super cool. And they are a very formidable team at this point. Absolutely. United States men national team, one of the most established, uh, did beat them. Uh, this last week, uh, but one to zero. And Qatar, from what I saw, yeah, uh, played very well um, at a uh, at a high level. They so could have good won for that them. game for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm sure we'll dive into it. But that's also very cool to know that they they made it here because of connections. Um, yes, which at a certain point, I, I think you have to do if you're a, a smaller country that's not uh, is not established in the league yet. So cool. Good for them. Love it. Do you guys want to know how they did it? How they're Ooh, playing? What a question. I would love Let's to do know. it. Yeah. Let's dive in. Brad? When they played the U.S., Qatar lined up in a 5-3-2 defensively, and then it became a 3-4-3 offensively, very similar to the fire setup. 
So all of you who have watched fire games, it's very similar style, except they're way more sit and counter instead of trying to high press like the fire like to do. The USA have played a three back in several games in this tournament. However, they returned to Burhalter's favorite, the 4-3-3, with the dual eights next to a singular pivot midfielder. And then the wingers pinch in tight and allow the outside backs to overlap. And I wanted to point that out because it's very similar to how the U.S. women's national team also played in the Olympics. Just something interesting there. Dave, you want to take it away? All right. Seventh minute. Huge chance for Qatar. Elmo's Ali, uh, the top goal scorer of the tournament with four goals. And that is at the end of the tournament. He is the golden boot winner. Mm -hmm. Like official stat. Yeah, huge shout out. Uh, was given all kinds of space at the top of the 18, and he just strikes it slightly left of the post. It was a poor giveaway by Sands, and this is not Sands' game. We're going to harp on him very strongly the rest of the game. And um, yeah, it, it's just, it was a bad, bad placement of the ball. El, El Hados intercepted it because Sands felt very comfortable just kind of slotting it over to the left side, uh, to the left back. And it was a very poor choice. It's certainly part of the growing pains of using Sands as an out-and-out center back. He is a good option as a libero, as we talked about, like, a la Jimenez for the fire. He knows how to get involved in build-ups really well, and he typically plays a number six. He typically plays a defensive mid. So him as an outright center back, especially in a four-back, is very alien to him. And we're going to see that. However, his upside in the passing game, and he did read plays defensively pretty well in this game. It's just part of the growing pains. It's part of the give and take of him as a player at this point. So why why is the United States team using him at that position if it's not something that he usually plays? Is it because they have really strong players at the position that he plays? Definitely. I mean, center back is probably our deepest position right now for the... U.S. men's national team in one sort of way. Uh, he pairs well with Miles Robinson, who's sort of an eliminator. Just put him one-on-one with someone. That person's not going to win the ball. Mm. Then Sands is there to help build things and be a build-up player from the back. Also, we started using him as, as a part of that five-back, and then Walker Zimmerman went down with an injury. So it's also inserting him in there because of injuries. Uh, moving on to the 10th minute, uh, the OS has a chance here. Uh, Hoppy hits a low shot through traffic at the goalkeeper, Barsham. He doesn't handle it cleanly and allows a rebound opportunity for Paul Ariola, who completely hey. watches it. Um, and it ends up being way off sides, and it's kind of like an eh moment, but he should have put it away uh, even though it wasn't. So We might see a pattern here with Ariola. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> In the 19th minute, uh, Matt Turner saves the U.S. from an old goal. Dude is standing on his head this tournament. Bolem Kuki uh, has a Steph Curry moment and tries his luck from way beyond the 18. Uh, he strikes it super hard, but it's not on target. Um, it's a low-driven shot in Sands. I had to just say, yikes, bro. This is the second time we're yes. calling out your name. Also redirects it, almost redirects it past uh, Turner. And thank God Turner's locked in this tournament and has a quick diving save. Yeah. Two minutes later in the 21st minute, Turner makes a fantastic save yet again. 
It was a very weird plane. A thief drove into the middle of and unleashes a shot. Um, the shot is blocked and it bounces over the U.S. defense. And Hatim makes a run towards the net and he redirects the ball um, by getting a foot to it. But get out of here, man. We have Matt Turner. Like, doesn't even matter. Fingertips <laughs> safe. Completely out of danger. Electric. Like, I'm super locked in. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling very confident. Like, despite the fact that Qatar actually looks like the better offensive threat, the fact that we have Turner here, we're going to win this game. We just have to buy more time, and he's locked in. Uh, 43rd minute, Busio uh, tries to recreate some magic with DK, uh, but DK doesn't really get a clean head to it because it's kind of a, it's, it's too high up for him, and he just kind of nods it, and he sends it back to Barsham. There isn't too much else in the first half. Uh, Qatar looks like they are way more formidable opponent than I would have expected, uh, as I kind of alluded to like earlier. And I just thought it was a very entertaining first half. They did a great job of keeping the U.S. in front of them, made the U.S. look very predictable. And then their whole attacking style is just go yeah. at it, head down, you do things as fast as you can and make sure that defense is not set. Uh, the U.S., I think, did a good job of working around any press that Qatar tried to start. They didn't really work that hard at pressing, to be fair, but the U.S. were okay. And I wasn't worried at this point. Now, Qatar were coming, but I still think that the U.S. had chances and were going to create more at this point. All right. 52nd minute. Uh, DK misses a uh, big chance. Huge bummer. Uh, was just him and Barsham, and he didn't uh, put away. So I was pretty pissed. It also was a fantastic effort by Barsham. He kind of runs out there, cuts off the angle for DK, like eliminating his chance to capitalize on the big chance. Stay low. He stays low um, and makes a really nice kick save. But you do expect DK to put this away, mm-hmm. even if he does run out there. He's got to. He's got to put this back in in the back of the net. And I just have to say, Hoppy is looking real good. He creates this chance, and I'm loving this dude. He's got that Schalke confidence right now. Just yeah, awesome. I yeah. am loving the way he's playing. I cannot say the same about DK. DK's stock for me dipped yeah. in this tournament. He is a man. Like, did. His athletic upside is ridiculous, even more so than Josie Altador to me. But oh, right man. now, his touch looks like a younger Zardes. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, DK, you're making my tweets look bad. Please fix that next tournament. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Sands gets away with murder in the 54th minute, or so we think. Dude was lucky as heck. Gosh darn. Uh, should have been a pen by, should have been a pen one by Afif. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, the error is a thing. Yeah. Ball don't lie, but the tape doesn't lie all the time either. This was the right call. Uh, it was a penalty kick. And what's kind of insane is that call was made in the 54th minute and the mm-hmm. pen didn't happen until the 61st. It so it was, it was super delay. weird. There yeah, was definitely it was, like it was some very pushing odd. around. Yeah. <laughs> so Alhados ends up missing the pen after all that debacle and crazy stuff and the long tape delay. Um, kicks it right over the bar. I, I have to say he was clearly afraid of Matt Turner. Um, also strange that uh, Elmo's Ali being informed, didn't get the chance to take the pen. So the other argument, obviously, is that 
Haido um, is the number 10. He is the veteran and he's got a very good resume per the pundits. So he's got the experience, but I would argue that you put the striker who is informed to take that one who's very confident and looks very cocky on the field and he's slightly missing the goal. That's my choice. I think that Alhados was trying to do a Panenka and he did yes. a sort of stuttered run up. And I think Turner waited just long enough that Alhados thought I need to hit this chip a little bit harder. And then it soars over the net. Uh, one of the things I do want to talk about just in the future, and I'm an old man, so I might just be old man yelling at clouds. I don't understand all the start and stops on penalties right now. I think Attackers are frightened of goalkeepers because mm-hmm. of the amount of information that's available. But to me, if you put your foot through the ball, even a goalkeeper that's guessing doesn't have the time to get a touch on it with that much pace and from that close up. I just think that the run-ups will start to become more and more normal again. We're, I think we're just going through a spike, but that's just me yelling at clouds. All right, so Zardes in the 86th minute. Finally, we get a goal. Yes. Uh, Gio uh, Kini uh, brings the ball into the middle of the field from the left wing, passes it to Williamson, who is directly in the middle, like straight up, like right above the penalty arc. Williamson gives it right back to Gio Kini, who sprints into the box on the left side. Uh, Qatar's defender ends up falling, the one that was closest to uh, Gio Kini, and that allows him to maintain the ball and kind of hold on to it, drive a little bit closer to the six, and he slots it to Zardes, who crashes into the middle of the box. Um, and he meets the ball at the six, slides, and just puts it in the back of the net. Uh, goal USA. 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 Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Giochini, great composure here. Dave, did you see why the defender fell, though? No, I did not. I, it was, I, I sorry, as his touch. You're gonna call so me he, was yes. to inter- <laughs> he was ready yes, to he was ready to intercept uh, Joaquini's reception of the ball, and then Zardes just barely gets a touch. I had to watch it many times over to see it. But it's just a difference between younger Zardes and now, if you want to call him veteran Zardes, he looks great up top and Burhalter, and it's just worked out very well with them together. It's not the Zardes of old, for sure. Teamwork makes the dream work. Getting old, you need to team up. Team up with the youngins, make the moves, score them goals. So, Aftermath, looking back at this game, uh, Qatar can play some ball. Yeah? Yep. Uh, No slouch of a team. And the numbers reflect that as well. They ended with 2.8 expected goals per game. It's impressive. Almost three goals were Mm. expected of them from the opportunities they created when they took shots. Um, That's the best of the tournament, best of any team, including Mexico. And then they were second in shot attempts per game. Their shot shooting accuracy wasn't great, but they were second in the amount of shots they just took, which is impressive. Yeah, they were legit fun to watch. I think Qatar 2022 is going to be a Fun, fun time. And let's hope the U.S. are in this time. Let's go. Well, yeah, better be. Uh, (laughs) Qatar played their game with transition, heavy emphasis on transition. The USA wanted to manipulate the ball and create gaps in the defense. They knew they were going to be playing against a team that was sitting in. 
They had 515 passes to Qatar's 370. They had a better passing accuracy, 87% to Qatar's 80. Also impressive from the U.S. to just weather the storm and come back and be able to really seal this one up pretty nicely. So with the win over Qatar, the the United States men team moved into the final for the Gold Cup against arch rival Mexico. Yeah. So Mexico ended up being Canada two to one to reach the final. Uh, Mexico was given nine minutes of extra time at the end of the first half. Uh, and that was a head scratcher. Having not watched that game, I had a lot of questions. So I read a bit about it um, and it was absolutely ridiculous why they had that extra time granted. Uh, Mexico fans were chanting homophobic slurs, which has been very regular in the past couple of months, but it's also been kind of a past couple of years thing. Um, so they got the extra time tacked onto that. It was basically a breather for the team. Um, and it just really seems unjust because honestly, Canada looked uh, pretty good throughout that whole game. And it's just disgraceful um, as far as the Mexican fan base is. And um, it's, it's just, just one a of shame. those things. The yeah. US, I mean, the world has sort of matured. It's time for the Mexican fans to also, you know, understand that these are hateful and harmful things to continue to scream on goal kicks. Yeah. So wh- why? Why homophobic slurs during? I don't. Why? Don't know. Why I that? think it's just. I there's. I. I we don't know. Um, yeah, it's just been a tradition uh-huh. of theirs for a long but time. The refs have like certain processions on how they're supposed to do it. If fans uh, do this, uh, there actually was a ban a few months ago. Um, the refs, or the the Mexican fans, were doing that, and they were banned for two big like international matches. There was no fans in the stadium. Mm-hmm. So now the rules are if they start chanting it, you put the ball to midfield and you wait. And then there's X, Y, and Z steps after that. So wow. they did, they did those steps, which was good to see. Um, but it is still, I feel like it's not effective. Um, it, it's bad. And then they need to fix it. And <laughs> it's not, it's not, uh, not okay. Yeah. It's really disappointing. But uh, they made the final, so that's the yes. reality of the situation. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. For and sure. We have to talk about it a little bit. I know it's not our game of the week, but it is USA Mexico. We have to talk mm-hmm. about this. Uh, I noticed it was a risky-ish lineup. Bello got the start out uh, left instead of Sam Vines, which he Bello is a very very young player. Very interesting to see him out there. I thought he did quite well. Again, we played in that 4-3-3 instead of the five back, which I thought we might bring out against Mexico. But I think the 4-3-3 was a good choice, provided us a little bit more flexibility. Zardes got the start over Double DDK, and I think that was a smart move. Mm-hmm. And then Williamson was in to start. Risky, but high upside. He is can roam all over the field, and I thought he was very good in this game as well. Absolutely. So, starting off in the first half, Gold Cup Final. Arch rivals, break us down, Bradford. It would be easy for the moment to be too big for the U.S. And the U.S. were ready. The U.S. seemed ready for this game. There was a moment, uh, eight minutes and 39 seconds in, the U.S. got out of pressure. Mexico loves to press, press, press all over the place. 
And this field was a little bit smaller than most uh, international size fields. And the U.S. passed around the press so nicely, it made me whoop from my seat. I was like, yeah. yeah. No one's around. It's just me yelling at myself. Um, and then in the 11th minute, reflexes like a cat. Who am I talking about? It's Turner. Matt, it's Matt Turner. Yeah. Turner. Full extension Matt dive. Turner. One Palmer. Keeping us even to this point in the game. Yeah, he continues to stand on his head this tournament. He's an absolute stud. 26th minute, Ariola hits the post, and um, part of me died inside. If I'm going to be honest uh, with you, it should have been one nil, no excuse. Easily, and that's the difference sometimes between Mexico and U.S. They put those away, and yes, there are times where the U.S. Yes, does not. True. And then I just want to say we got to queue up the montage of Turner making saves and the U.S. men's national team making diving defensive efforts for the rest of the first half. Oh, and uh, Ariola spoils yet another fantastic chance of scoring in the fifth minute of stoppage time in the first half. So, bummer. Right. Absolutely. And then comes the second half. Yeah. Um, from the 45th minute to the end of the 71st minute, um, Hoppy has some fantastic chances, but he just doesn't get close enough. And he kind of skies one towards the end of that period as well. Those are my takeaways from that time. Uh, in the 74th minute, both Zardes and Ariola should have actually scored from a set piece. And I have a come on, man, moment for Ariola for sure, because <laughs> he should have put it away. And uh, the only thing he ended up putting away into the back of the net was his body instead of the ball. <laughs> Because yes. he ends up in the yeah. back of the net. He did so, look like yeah, he was captured yeah, by yeah. some sort of web. Yeah. Also, like <laughs> I didn't put this in the notes, but there was like a moment right at the end of regulation where there was kind of like a questionable, is it a penalty? Is it not? But like, I don't know. Like as a, uh, a guy who grew up with watching the game, like it seems like Mexican fans are fine by winning by any margin, whether it's like a penalty kick, or or not and it seemed like everybody was praying for a penalty at the end of that 90 minutes and it's like that's not how i would want to win the game like like i, I don't really want that like a like a near the edge like penalty or or a close call to be the way you win it like i understand you mm -hmm. want to beat your arch rival but it's like sometimes i look at the fans in the stadium i'm just like scratching my head like is that really how you want it or do you want to win on a golasso or 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 a beautiful pass that starts from the back of the keeper all the way up to the front. It just kind of left me scratching my head. So I'm glad it makes it into extra time, which we're about to go into. So, yeah. yes. yes, Which was pretty yeah. epic. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. did a good job of just fighting off Mexico because Mexico had the majority of the ball this game. I didn't think they were overrun, but we have to understand that the U.S. came out with a B squad for this tournament. Intentionally, we're trying to deepen our pool for World Cup qualifying. And Mexico, this is pretty much their A1 squad. There's a few replacements, no Chicharito, all that stuff. And I'll probably get yelled at by Mexican fans. That's fine. But for me, I agree with you, Dave. If you're coming off an A squad, you, you want to win the game handedly. But also, I think they just wanted right. to win. Just win, baby. <laughs> yes. No, I get it. I get you want to win it, but it still frustrated me. I don't, In retrospect, I guess I would have wanted it too, but it wouldn't have tasted as good as we end up winning it in the 117th minute. Right. That's all I have to say. Uh, Tastes much better. <laughs> Miles yes, Robinson. Yes, Miles Robinson, 117th minute. 
It was from a set piece. Acosta whips in the ball from the left side of the pitch into the box. Robinson uh, was led into space while he was tracking the ball down um, and he gets ahead to it. Uh, and I got to be honest, I was screaming. I was in the basement. I'm sure I woke up my whole family. Uh, <laughs> it was a huge goal. And I thought, what a cool, what a cool game that was. Like it, it went to almost the mm-hmm. end and it didn't go to penalties, which they can be fun, but it's much better if the game is ended in regulation or extra time. And I thought it was my poor like the co- super cool thing about it is Robinson was in for the entire game. So he almost had played, you know, 120 minutes at that point. Like he's got to be exhausted. And, and then I, I can't even imagine he's got to be drained, but then like the feeling of ecstasy at the same time, he must have feeling like he had it. He didn't even play a game right before that. Like what a cool feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Robinson, Acosta, yeah. players yeah. of the game. It was super mm-hmm. cool. absolutely. What a way to win, as Dave pointed out. Yeah. Plenty, plenty tasty. So, aftermath, looking back at this game, um, to me, and maybe this is because I'm a U.S. fan pulling for them, but it, I was on the edge of my seat a lot more often when Mexico had the ball. And I mean, I can be on the edge of my seat anxious or excited. Um, and I was anxious a lot more than excited in this game because Mexico looked more dangerous for most of the game. Um, at least to my eyes, it seemed like they had more close calls than the USA did. And they looked faster when they had the ball. Uh, again, to my eyes. And so I heard you both mention earlier, uh, they like to press, they like to put a lot of pressure on, that makes sense. Um, The field did look smaller and good to know that it was, in fact, a tiny little bit smaller. Um, In the end, it came down to a late goal when both teams were gassed. They've been playing for almost 120 minutes. Um, But I'm really happy the U.S. won. I'm kind of surprised. I really thought, Mexico would would take this one. You should be surprised, and this was a surprise. Mexico came out to win this tournament, and the USA took it from them, which is Good. absolutely fantastic Love to see. It. It's great for our depth as far as quali- uh, qualifying. It's great for our confidence. Uh, I'm super excited about this win. Just to go into some stats here, Mexico ended the tournament with the most shots per game the most shots on goal per game and the most expected assists per game. They were probably the best team of the tournament. Too bad. They don't get to hold up the trophy because USA second to Qatar in the expected goals <laughs> per shot, which means that the USA weren't taking shots just to shoot. It was all about the most meaningful of shots, which is very Burhalter. I was super excited about the flexibility of the team. We had a five back at one point. We had our four three three as his main bag, which he loves. The notice the end line runs and passes that result in one touch finishes for a guy like Giassi Sardes. We talked about it in the Qatar game. That's where that goal comes from. That we want the ball to work to make the other team uncomfortable. That's what Burhalter is trying to do, and it's not something the U.S. has done in the past. It's been counter and grinded out with set pieces and Burholt just trying to change that perception for sure. And I just want to say, uh, Turner getting that gold glove was pretty sweet. And I love that trophy. I was tweeting about that all night too. Just think of all the things you could do with it. You could tape ears, the gold glove, 
You could pretend yes. like you're sipping out of that glow glove. You could do nice. high fives, fake handshakes. I don't know. Nice. Seems like it would be fun. Want to do U.S. Men's National Team takeaways right now and shout out some to some standouts. I just want to say DK, even though he finished it pretty weak, I was excited about him earlier. I think he does His have potential. Crazy. Yeah, it, it is. It is good. I hope he gets back over to England. Uh, Busio, same thing. Young, uh, I think he's an electric player to watch. And sounds like there is a European contract on the horizon, even though he keeps on trying to hush it down. <laughs> uh, Hoppy, we already know he's over in Europe. Uh, and he just looked fantastic and looked like the m- biggest threat going to those last two or three games. Biggest threat, also just confidence, which is one thing. Yeah. Like when he scored and did the the kind of walk, the McGregor walk, I was you know yeah. just impressed by that. But also watch his fight against Mexico. He was gassed yeah. and giving it all, which made me respect him so much more. So stock up for Hoppy. Yeah. It was that was that was stock up for sure. It was super cool. And then obviously the big name Turner with the golden gloves. Uh, yeah. Oh. I wonder yes. He he's going back to the revolution, but I wonder if how long that'll be. Like I think he really showcased himself. And I think some people gotta be licking their chops. Like this guy can mm-hmm. dive and be locked in. Like I think he feeds Supreme off adrenaline stopper. and he could definitely perform at a higher level than them than the MLS, if I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, Gio Kini, I thought, kind of like showed mm. a few times throughout this tournament. And mm-hmm. he, he was looking pretty solid. And, and then I just wanted to give a shout out to Williamson too, because yep. he had very good awareness and made some nice assists and some great passes. So those are my guys this tournament. I don't know if you guys have any objections sure. or additions. I will add Sands. I think he had a good tournament. I think there are mm-hmm. moments mm-hmm. that we are very obvious. We need to point. <laughs> Maybe this game isn't the example. <laughs> I am excited about his upside and what he provides. Maybe not at the center back. Maybe he's a six. I don't know. But I did like some of the things that he did. Not all, not everything. You're right. But some of the things. And then Kellen Acosta was player of the game for me against Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, um, Sands was giving me Calvo vibes once in a while. <laughs> not yeah. not doing bicycle kicks for no reason, but uh, watching Freaky plays Friday, like, hey, man. Someone, someone is way out of position here. Who is it? It's Sands. Center yep. back is a tough position. It's yep. tough. So, um, yeah, I... Knowing that that is not usually the position he plays makes a whole lot of sense. So, U.S. men's national team, gold, cup, champs, champions. Love it. Congratulations. Feels really good to get that win over Mexico, our arch rivals, mm-hmm. and the favorites to win it all. So, absolutely love it. Love it. Love it. Congratulations. Celebrate hard. And as was mentioned, getting that confidence up, that's going to be big when it comes to the World Cup qualifiers. Now, moving over to the Olympics. So, 
the women's national team for the United States, their first knockout game, the knockout round, lose, go home, was against Netherlands. And who, what a game this one was. Nailed two to Germany. two was the final score. USA wins it in pens, penalty kicks, four to two. Wow. Shout out to the Hollandaise kits with the orange and the orange detailing. Very cool. I did like those. Also, shout out to my coworker and friend, Julie, who convinced me to get up and watch this game live on Friday Hi, at 6 a.m. Uh, it was an awesome game to watch. It was it was a hold on to your butts kind of game. And it was a great way to start my work day on Friday as that was on in the background. I had a lot of busy work to get caught up on. So thank you, Julie. She is a listener of the podcast. Um, thank you. Thank you for convincing me to do that. So I talked to her on, I believe it was Thursday. And she said, you're getting up for that game, right? I said, no. She went, mm-hmm. what? It's the first knockout game for the women's national team it. in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. You have to get up. I'm really glad that I did. It's a great game. Good. In the first half, the U.S. team was actually the first team to put a ball in the net, but would be called offsides, uh, which was a theme in this game. Happened six times for the U.S. team. The Dutch are the first team to score a goal in the first half, though, in the 18th minute. A sort of look what I found spinning shot for Amidama, who is very classy. She's a very good player. And, you know, when the ball finds the right people in the box, they can make stuff happen. Good little finish there. But then the USA would take the game back over. Sam Mewis snuck into the box late and got a glancing header off of a Lynn Williams cross. And then Lynn Williams again is going to score this time off of a corner kick. Uh, she stays alive during a set piece, finds the ball in the middle of the box, and just puts it away with a you know striker instinctive finish. It's pretty nice. Yeah, absolutely. And both teams throughout the game were kind of trading punches. A lot of tense moments. Um, in the second half, uh, Netherlands gets a, a long shot goal. Uh, Moderna again, who had a fantastic game. Could Nair have done better on this one? It goes through Ertz's legs. She sees it late. I think she wanted to go to Penn's. Yeah, I have to agree with because that. Because Nair is a boss at Penn's. Mm-hmm. Martins gets one at the end of the second half. And obviously, we are all nervous as heck. Like, oh, no. Uh, pretty savable pace and height. But still, Nair, what a great save. Yeah. Yeah, so U.S. ends up winning this on pens, but I just want to say that uh, Rapino PK was boss sauce, and the boss. celebration was boss sauce. Upper corner, was very, and yeah. everybody look at me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah, yeah. Nair is a boss at pens. I'm just going to say oh, it again. Unbelievable. And the USA was off side six times. I think five were goals that get chopped off for the U.S., To me, it's almost a sign of things to come against Canada. Not necessarily that we're going to do the same things, but that is just a sign of things just aren't quite clicking. Like For some reason, someone's making the run just too early 
even when they don't have to. I mean, the U.S. players are probably faster than everyone around them, you know, that type of thing. Uh, it's just kind of a sign of possibly things aren't quite right. Yeah, it really got to the point where every time that they actually did score, when they did score, I didn't believe it. It's like that flag is going to come up. I know it's going to come up. So it was just, I had never watched a game where there had been so many things offsides and it makes sense that their timing might've just been a little bit off. So with that win, the U.S. women's national team moved on to play Canada, which happened early this morning, Monday morning. Um, and they are out of the Olympics. They lost crazy. to Canada. It's crazy. Zero to one. All right. I'm going to do kind of a quick recap and you guys can jump in. I haven't had a ton of time to analyze this, obviously, uh, as it happened this morning. Uh, Heath missed some opportunities early and I think had a poor tournament in general. Now we have very high expectations for Tobin Heath, but just wasn't her tournament for whatever reason. Then in around the 20th minute, I just have a no. No. I don't, I hope she's okay. She did not look okay. That didn't look good. Yeah. It did not look uh, good. Knee sort of buckled. Trainer was like, can you play? She's like, sure. I'm a goalkeeper. I'm insane. And then she took a goal kick later on and just waved. No, I'm not. This isn't good. Kind of looked like hyperextended, didn't it? I I don't know. Either way, it didn't really look good. But I just want to say uh, French, though, like very solid goalkeeper, solid backup. Uh, if you want to rewind the tapes for Windy City Wingers, episode three, we gave some shout outs for her. Ooh, like, uh, there you go. She looked really good. I hyped her up. Um, she was playing against the Red Stars, but she made a really nice save and like absolutely booted a ball down the field and ended up getting assists. So uh, I think she's a formidable backup and she's not the reason why we lose this game. Certainly not. You are correct there. The action was pretty much back and forth. Canada made a good effort in the first half for sure. In the second half, U.S. came out with the vengeance. We're ready to put Canada under it. Canada kind of changed their shape a little bit to sort of adapt to the U.S., which didn't work out very well in their favor. They didn't have a bunch of the ball. However, it's going to work out in the end way better for Canada. We did make a full line change at the 60th minute. All three forwards get out. You're not doing well enough. Uh, Megan Rapino comes in, Carly Lloyd and Kristen press. That's a pretty nasty lineup to bring in off the bench. And honestly, the front three weren't doing well enough. It might've been a move I would have made maybe one at a time. I don't know. Anyway, they came in and just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Labe made a, uh, a bunch of saves, but they were pretty savable saves, I think. And then we move on to the, Davidson penalty call here. Yeah, it was one of those long reviews again. It wasn't called at first, and then the ref runs (laughs) over and looks at the VAR. I get why it was called. It seems soft to me, but I do get why it was called. I think Davidson was a little slow to react to the initial loose ball. Probably didn't need to swing fully, and I wonder if... Nair's in the back line. She has a little bit more command, a little bit more familiarity. I mean, they're on the same club team as well. I don't know why there's not just a simple pass back to French and then she clears it out. Maybe 
Tierna gets back there quicker and just clears it past the end line instead of trying to go to the sideline. I don't know. Yeah, by the book, it is a pen, though. And like you're saying, uh, Deanna, Ro- Deanna Rose like barely gets her body in there, but she does. And she establishes yeah. like dominance over the ball. So it is a right. penalty. Like she, she has control. She's in front of it. Um, it sucks because of where it is in the location of the penalty, but and until a rule is. is changed where it's like, well, if it's on the edge, it doesn't really matter. Like that's the rule and that's a pen and it's terrible. And we lost because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, this is not on French, not even Nayers getting a hand on this one side netting drilled there by Jesse Fleming. It was yeah, a, and, a and, nice pen. And to France's credit, she guessed the right way. It was, it, there was nothing she could have done about it. Like she did what she was supposed to do. Like, I think she's got the height and the figures to make a block if it wasn't perfect, but it was, and she couldn't do anything about it. So yeah. Back to my point about the stuttered run up. Just, just put it in the back of the net. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that goes back to even last week. I think we were talking about the, penalty against the red stars maybe it was two weeks ago but like i feel like just walk up there confident and drill it into the back of the net stop messing around with this other crap like i think that's <laughs> the way to do it so you put I'm it skip. up there or even if you go back to the harry Maguire pen in uh against um the final against italy right like <laughs> yeah, like, yeah just think about that like he wasn't messing around <laughs> at all he didn't he just yeah just do something like that right so hey i think th- that's the way i prefer to take it and that's the way i prefer to see it but a lot of people don't like to do that and they like to mess around and suck the keeper out i think mentally you have to be very sharp and be on top of your game if you're going to do that hesitation i feel like a lot mm-hmm. of players aren't always there 100 percent of the time the usa did not give up they kept coming. They made a couple more subs. Sam Mewis came in. Uh, Lloyd hit one off the crossbar uh, in the 86th minute. It was close, yeah. but just no cigar. And really, it didn't seem like the U.S.'s tournament. Uh, in the end, four shots on goal out of the 13 shots for USA. Two shots on goal out of the three for Canada. Only the one counts. Mm. I thought the U.S. looked sloppy all tournament, really. Uh, pundits like we're touching on pundits this episode every article i saw was about chemistry this team needed chemistry 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 i this team knows each other they've known each other for a long time so i don't really understand the chemistry argument here Mm -hmm. what i saw was we played a 4-3-3 with pinched in wingers and then dual eights what completes that picture offensively is when the outside backs come to help and they did not get up the field in this game, Crystal Dunn and Kelly O'Hara. And I wonder, because they played a lot this tournament, maybe they were the one position that wasn't really rotated. And I feel like all three of the forwards were rotated pretty well. This is one thing that I think Vladko might have let the team down a little bit. Um, I think all the forwards, all six that were used, had weird tournaments. Carly Lloyd couldn't really stay on her feet. Alex Morgan had some heavy touches. We ta- touched on Tobin Heath. I thought Rapino and Press looked fine, but couldn't get you know solid, consistent minutes. I don't know if there was something in training. I have no idea. It's just it's such a strange. The U.S. should be winning all these games, you know, with the ball, really strong performances, and just interesting to see how this team played this tournament. 
you wonder if maybe the weight of gold is around their necks already. And they knew that, you know, if we don't come out here and play our best every game, we're going to get talked about. I don't know. But it was a little bit disappoint- disappointing just watching. However, still proud of them. And let's, let's get it against Australia. Let's get that bronze. I still want a medal. Absolutely. I was incorrect earlier when I said they're out of the Olympics. They are not out. Uh, yes. They're out of the running for the gold medal. Let's, let's go out, get it against Australia. I mean, that's what's yep. sweet about the Olympics, right? We could still get right. something, mm-hmm. be proud about it, and then come back for a vengeance and win the World Cup. They got some it. work to do. They're going to do it. Let's go. Come on, ladies of the USA. Let's make it happen. Now, moving over. To the EPL, English Premier League, which is set to start in just a couple weeks. Ooh, we're excited. I'm excited about However, the EPL. Yeah. I'm not excited about this news we have to talk yeah. about. Yeah. We're going to just yes. focus on Tottenham news because we've been talking this, forever. So yeah, this little bit of Tottenham news. Part of Tottenham news. This little bit of Tottenham news is actually not great. Uh, Brad, I will let you deliver it as you'll probably do it in the least least harsh way. Uh, Kane is holding out from training. He's not surprise, showing surprise. up and he could get even fined for it, which would just make the whole situation much sloppier. He a believes a gentleman's- of the EPL. <laughs> he <laughs> believes That's he, right. there was a gentleman's agreement between him and Levy. I've got one more season and I'm out of here. And Levy, we all know is, uh, hard nosed about these sort oh, of scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> I've run out of the room. So the, so, yeah. Had a touch that, on it. Yeah. So the the you said Kane had an understanding that they had a gentleman's agreement. Indeed. That he has one more season now. And that play? was last season. Okay. I was gonna say, it seems like he was like, no, nah, I'm I'm out. I'm not staying. So is there, right. Do we know if there's anything in the works or is Levy staying silent on that? I don't believe any of the rumors at this. I just know city is probably the closest to being able to afford him and get what Tottenham want in return because Tottenham want a boatload as they should get. For sure. For sure. They really should. All right. Well, we'll stay tuned in on that. I wish for the Hotspurs, but also for Kane. I kind of, I can't help but respect him and I kind of hope he gets what he wants to. Yeah, but deep down inside, it's mostly about Liverpool <laughs> and them making the Champions League <laughs> final again. So thank you guys for your time. <laughs> um, let's move on to the preview of next week and the game. Yes, the please. Let's us. Good, good transition, Dave. Way to go. <laughs> Still <laughs> <laughs> Looking Sorry ahead. if you had notes, but it's mine now. <laughs> <laughs> Looking ahead, next week's game of the week will be the women's Olympic soccer gold medal match. Sweden versus Canada, Thursday, August 5th at 9 p.m. What a match that is going to be. I'm looking forward to watching that. Yeah, this is going to be a ball out. Like Two teams scrapping for it. I'm really excited. And it's on a little bit later. Drink in hand. Happy hour Thursday. Let's go.
We are all going to make predictions on the score of this game. And moving forward, we are going to keep track of these predictions. It's going to be a heated competition between all three of us. Now, I am going to go first. Sweden versus Canada. Let me pull from my mass amount of soccer knowledge. Experts first. I'm going to go two to one Sweden. It's a good guess. I like that one. Can I was thinking that. It? I think I'm going to say two nothing Sweden. Oh, and Dave? that leaves me with no choice. <laughs> I'm going to say Sweden is going to beat them three nil as they did to the United States. Ooh. Wow. Wow, we're going to put the beat down. So Sweden is clearly the heavy favorite with oh, us. Is Sweden, <laughs> is Sweden the favorite with the pundits as well? I have not had time to look yes. into it, but I would imagine so. Um, okay. Sweden has been the dominant team. They look the most uh, locked in yeah. against the United States so far this year. Yeah. Yes, the United States kind of regrouped after that game, but they didn't look themselves after the get, that game either right. against anybody else either than New Zealand who is not the same caliber as uh, Sweden, Australia, Canada, who they struggled with. So many finals come down to set pieces and Sweden have been dangerous. That's a good point too. Yeah. Fantastic point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, late night, happy hour, staying up late to watch sports games is it still gives me that feeling of like a little kid that gets to stay up late to watch the Monday night <laughs> football game because your team is playing and your parents are like, fine, you can stay up. But right after the game's over, you're going to bed. And I know I'm an adult, but I still get that feeling inside. Like it's 11 <laughs> and I should be going to bed, but I'm not because I'm watching sports. For our home teams, Chicago home teams, we mentioned earlier the Red Stars are playing the Orlando Pride on August 8th at 5 p.m. Also happening August 8th at 5 p.m., dual screens number two is the Fire versus the New York Red Bulls. Again, that's yeah. August 8th at 5 p.m. Uh, the Fire are also playing NYCFC on August 4th at 7 p.m. Yeah, but more importantly, dual screens number two, Revenge of the Fire, starting Ooh. August 8th at 5 p.m. It's got a subtitle. Primetime release. So, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Let's make it a win for win. Absolutely. We mentioned a little bit ago, U.S. Women's National Team is playing Australia in the bronze medal match. That is happening Thursday, August 5th at 3 a.m. bright and early. And other games that are happening, that are coming up. Dave, what's going on? Yeah, uh, so Liverpool preseason continues. Athletic Club Sunday, August 8th at 10 a.m. So that's going to be a little little warm-up match for Liverpool against a better competition that they have been playing earlier this season, even though they kind of struggled. They can't do their normal preseason tour, but it is what it is. Tottenham fans, preseason, it's going to get really excited, though. Really exciting, though. Um, They have some games against uh, Chelsea and Arsenal coming up. They call it the Mind Series. It's a charity tournament that they kind of thought of, and it kind of falls within COVID regulations. Uh, 
They're, they're going to play Chelsea on Wednesday, August 8th at 1.45 p.m. And they will play Arsenal on August 8th at 8 a.m. So, uh, I don't know. People who are fans of um, the Atlantic get hyped, go watch it kind of on random days. And then, Almost you know, time. we're going to start counting down to the EPL times. Uh, so, speaking of the EPL... 11 days until the first Premier League game. By the time this is released, it will be nine days. Um, 12 days for the first Liverpool game. So that'll be 10 days for the first Liverpool game. And then 13 for the first Tottenham game or 11 by the time it's released. So you guys got to be really hyped about that. And then the big, big, big thing for next week is Herman is going to pick his EPL team before things are locked in and ready to go. So you got to get hyped about it. You're ready to make oh, that yeah. decision, Herman. I will. Uh, I'll let you know the decision has been made. I feel the like scarf was ordered is. today. I feel like I know who it is. Oh, There's will you pre- be presenting said scarf? I will be presenting said scarf at the unveiling of oh, my team. Cool. All right, all right. I did it, it is. Okay. It is being provided by Amazon later this week. <laughs> Are they from London, baby? Of course, Definitely they have to be. London is uh, my favorite city in well, the world. Know who it so is it, it has to be. Yeah. You did. <laughs> Don't ruin the surprise. <laughs> no, it's okay. Respect. Do tune in, though, because I can't wait for the onslaught of insults and anger that are going to fall upon me when I make this decision. Mainly from me. Yep. But that's okay. I'm just kidding. No, it's okay. It'll that's what fun. sports are really I'm all about, isn't about it? it? It's going to be taking good, out. If it's who I think it is, we're going to have a fantastic time next year. So it's going to be a good time. <laughs> Absolutely. I just need to learn more about the sport and get the package so I can actually watch the games. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll be every Sunday. It'll be Brady. Um, can I? Can I come down and watch at 6 a.m.? You don't need to wake up. Just leave me a key. All right. Wrapping up here. As always, hit us up on Instagram. Give us a follow. Check out what's going on. We can be found at Windy City Wingers. Linked in our Instagram is our Patreon. Drop by. Leave a little donation if you feel like it. Anything that you give us will be used to help grow the podcast, make it sound better, uh, possibly bring in some guests. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, helping us grow that network, improve our podcast however we can. Email us at windycitywingers.info at gmail.com. Again, questions. We're going to finish up those mailbag questions next week because this week's episode was so full Mm -hmm. but send over some more questions let us know ideas that you may have for segments let us know where you think we need to do better or how we should change it up make it more interesting for you brady if the fans the listeners the pundits want to reach (laughs) out directly to you where can they find you follow me on at stat underscore bro on twitter and then at Brad the Bard 13 on Instagram. Absolutely. And Dave, where can our pundits find you? Find the light. Dave. They could find the light. Come to the Lord at WCW Dave. 
on both Twitter <laughs> and Instagram. So fantastic. Excellent. Also, Brady, you should start describing your uh, image. It's one of those, what do they call it? Super Mario Strikers or whatever the video game is with oh, Toad yes. dribbling the ball. Toad, yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's almost like for like of me. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of. <laughs> and then mine is just a Liverpool Carlsberg shirt while I'm holding a Carlsberg. It's kind of like a super uh, meta, a mini me and like me <laughs> like thing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you tune in next week. Our episodes are dropping every Wednesday morning. Bye-bye. Bye bye.